0: Ladies, and welcome to the Amazing Bible. Book club. I am Julie Callio, your host, and thank you so much for taking time out of your busy schedules to tune in with me today. If by chance you want to contact me, you can do that at theab.bc.pc at gmail.com. Today we're covering chapter three of James, and I warn you the topic is our mouths. So far in the book of James, we have learned. James was Jesus' half-brother and the leader of the church in Jerusalem. He was writing to Jewish believers who had dispersed from Jerusalem because of persecution. This began from the stoning of Stephen which happened around AD 32. He's writing to encourage them to stay faithful and to show them how a Jewish Christian should act. We do not know the date, but two thoughts are before AD 50, which was when the Jerusalem Council met, and before James was put to death around AD 62. Chapter 1 covers the testing of our faith. Chapter 2 covered that real faith produces works. And now we will see that true faith affects our tongue. So let's begin. James chapter 3 verses 1 through 12. Not many should become teachers my brothers knowing that we will receive a stricter judgment for we all stumble in many ways. If anyone does not stumble in what he says he is a mature man who is able also to control his whole body. Now when we put bits into the mouths of horses to make them obey us We also guide the whole animal and consider ships, though very large and driven by fierce winds, they are guided by a very small rudder wherever the will of the pilot directs. So, too, though the tongue is a small part, it boasts great things. Consider how large a forest a small fire ignites, and the tongue is a fire, The tongue, a world of unrighteousness, is placed among the parts of our bodies. It pollutes the whole body, sets the course of life on fire, and is set on fire by hell. For every creature, animal or bird, reptile or fish, is tamed and has been tamed by man. But no man can tame the tongue. It is a restless evil, full of deadly poison. With it we bless our Lord and Father, and with it we curse men who are made in God's likeness. Out of the same mouth comes blessing and cursing. My brothers, these things should not be this way. Does a spring pour out sweet and bitter water from the same opening? Can a fig tree produce olives, my brothers, or a grapevine produce figs? Neither can a salt water spring yield fresh water. James warns them of a stricter judgment for teachers. If you remember when we read the Gospels, that Jesus came down hard on the religious leaders of his day. One example is in Matthew chapter 23, where Jesus told them eight times, Woe to you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites! They taught one thing and did another. God holds us accountable for our words, and especially if we lead God's children astray. Then James said some comforting words. He reminds us that we all stumble. All means all. In verses 3 through 6, he gives three examples of how our tongue directs our lives. The first is a bit in a horse's mouth. One time in my Sunday school class, someone who worked on a farm made the comment that the horse has to learn how to use the bridle. The second example was a small rudder on a ship. Both of these examples paint a picture of how our life is directed because of our words. The third example is a small fire that gets out of control and then a huge forest fire ignites. Our words can be dangerous. In the Gospel of Matthew, Jesus talked about what one eats doesn't defile them. And then in verse 17 and 18, he says, Do you not understand that everything that goes into the mouth passes into the stomach and is eliminated? But the things that proceed out of the mouth come from the heart and those defile the man. Ladies, our mouths show what is going on in our heart. In verses 7 through 10, James explained that every animal on earth can be tamed, but we can't seem to master our mouths. Do I hear an amen? He described it as a restless evil and a deadly poison. He reminded us that we can use it to bless and then to curse, and it should not be that way. In nature, a fig tree can't produce olives. It's not that kind of plant. A saltwater spring can't produce fresh water. It's not that kind of spring. James is asking us in an roundabout way, What kind of person are you? Our mouths reveal it. It just does. The rest of chapter 3 reads Who is wise and understanding among you? He should show his works by good conduct, with wisdom's gentleness. But if you have bitter envy and selfish ambition in your heart, don't brag and lie in defiance of the truth. Such wisdom does not come down from above, but it is earthly, sensual, demonic. For where envy and selfish ambition exist, there is disorder and every kind of evil. But the wisdom from above is first pure, Then peace-loving, gentle, compliant, full of mercy and good fruits, without favoritism and hypocrisy, and the fruit of righteousness is sown in peace by those who make peace. I'd like to start with the middle verses. As a reminder, James is writing to believers, and he basically said to examine our hearts. Do we have bitterness, envy, selfish ambition? If we do, then we should not lie about it. God cannot lie. And if we are to be like him, we should not lie either. If we lie about it, we can never be made whole. It's only when we face the truth and confess it that the Holy Spirit can help change us. When we have bitterness, envy, and selfish ambition, on whom is our focus? Us. Not God. Verse 15 reads, Such wisdom does not come down from above, but is earthly, sensual, demonic. Warren Wiersbe said, The believer has three enemies, the world, the flesh, and the devil. When we are like that, there is only disorder and evil. As believers in Jesus Christ, we should desire wisdom and understanding from above. With wisdom and understanding comes good conduct and wisdom's gentleness. How can a believer be gentle? We are the ones who know that God is in control and is sitting on his throne. We can trust him. That helps us to be gentle. Then the last two verses explain some characteristics of godly wisdom and all of them rest on the truth that we can trust God. The last verse talks of the fruit of righteousness and as a reminder, our righteousness only comes by the blood of Jesus Christ and his sacrifice on the cross. That fruit is sown in peace by those who make peace. The Old Testament prophet Isaiah said in chapter 31, verses 17 and 18, the result of righteousness will be peace. The effect of righteousness will be quiet confidence forever. Then my people will dwell in a peaceful place and in safe and restful dwellings. Ladies, for me, When I recognize that I want to cuss or say something not nice, I use that as a wake-up call to check my heart. What's wrong with me? Why do I feel angry, envious, selfish, bitter? Many times I ask the Spirit to reveal to me what my issue is. As Jesus said, our mouth reveals what is in our heart at the time. Take comfort that James said we all stumble in this. The question is, am I better than I was last year? One other thing I noticed in my life is depending upon what television shows or movies I have watched, if I hear a lot of cussing in them, it seems implanted in my brain and words come out of my mouth that I'm ashamed of. This makes me think of Paul's letter to the Philippians chapter 4 verse 8. Finally, brethren, whatsoever things are true, whatsoever things are honest, whatsoever things are just, whatsoever things are pure, whatsoever things are lovely, whatsoever things are of good report, if there is any virtue, and if there be any praise, think on these things. When we think of good and godly things, such as memorizing or meditating on scripture, our mouths follow suit. So, if you have heard his voice today, please don't harden your hearts. Instead, let's be women who examine our hearts, live in truth, focus our minds on godly things, pray to the Lord to help us, and obey him. Until next time, and thank you so very much for listening.